This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Welcome back to another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer. If you'd like to hear more information about our show today for callers in in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva phone number is 262-729-4128. For listeners in Illinois, our McHenry office number is 815-331-8096. Feel free to reach out to us on our website, www.kramerinvestmentservices.com. Kramer is spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. While on our website, you can view the past couple of our podcast shows by clicking on both the media library and radio tabs. For subscribers to Apple and Google Podcasts or Spotify, you can view all of our past shows. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions, if you'd like to schedule a personal one-on-one meeting or virtual, we are here to help. So our topic today is going to be on the update to the inherited IRA laws. And also we're going to touch upon the recent uh, banking collapses of two major banks in the United States. Today is March 13th. We're at around one o'clock central time here in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And before we get into this uh, topic or set of topics, I want to introduce you to my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? Oh, Jim, I'm doing great. And it's great to be here with you today. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about right now <laughs> over the weekend. You know, just a couple of banks collapsing. That's all. Yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> pretty, pretty frightening stuff for a lot of people right now. It is. But, you know, it's interesting and we can talk about this. But, you know, w- when I see this and hear about it and why it happened, it just uh, kind of reinforces why people need to work with a financial professional and not have all their eggs in one basket, right? That's right. Exactly. And, you know, when we talk about not having too much eggs in one basket, that's kind of what happened with some of these banks. Uh, they took a little much too much risk, didn't diversify themselves. And so I was thinking, Tony, why don't we talk about that? Because I know a lot of people are concerned about the banking sector. Is their money sure. going to be safe there? Um, banks offer many different types of investments. And so it's very important that the bank you work with have uh, a well-diversified set of clientele and their investments need to be diversified and not focus too much on one sector or certain types of investments that they put their money in. Which this bank uh, out at, what is it, SVC or what was it called? Yeah, Silicon Valley Bank. And they wanted to be- Yeah, SVB. Um, Yeah, they, they really focused in one area, right? They did. And so, you know, the rating agencies got caught again. This happened a lot back in 2008, where they were giving A-plus a rated uh, reviews to companies that included Lehman Brothers that did go under. In fact, you know, Standard & Poor's had them as A-plus rated all the way up to the day that they liquidated. Um, but here we have, again, Moody's gave them a A rating for Silicon Valley Bank. 
And the first clue as to why a bank like that shouldn't be highly rated is because they are very focused on a select sector of the economy, which can be very, very profitable most of the, most of the years. But there are times when this tech sector is not going to do well. But when we're seeing, and this is not something we've seen in quite some time, a rising interest rate environment, it's double jeopardy when you have both the tech sector struggling and a rising interest rate environment. That's harming the very investments that the Silicon Valley Bank is putting their clients' money into in order to provide them with savings, interest rates on their checking, their money market, CD type of accounts. Um, and that is a, a, a complete problem that could happen under certain conditions. Sure. Yeah. And that's why, you know, uh, there are a lot of great alternatives uh, to banks. That's why you want to make sure you're taking advantage of some uh, options that are also safe uh, and protect your principal. Uh, like there are insurance products out there. There are fixed index annuities. Um, of course, there's stocks and bonds. So, it, it is interesting, and it just illustrates the point that you need a plan. And, you know, uh, I don't think there's going to be another run on banks, but that's just hopefully not. Um, but we've had a couple go down here in the past couple of days. So yeah, absolutely, uh, I'm glad yeah. we're talking about it. I mean, yeah. obviously, our listeners need to be aware, but don't panic. Absolutely. But this is a call to action. So for a lot of investors who are on the sidelines, they're nervous about the stock and bond markets. So they're holding a huge amount of cash. And so let's say you're an individual, you've got a, a savings account and you're holding, let's say a million dollars in that savings account. You're, you're setting it aside there because you want that money safe right now. Right. Well, you could be putting yourself in jeopardy if that bank happens to go under and there's not a suitable bank to take over. Um, the FDIC insurance is only going to cover up to 250000 Now, it just so happened, though, that the Federal Reserve is providing money over and above that 250000 to all of the depositors at uh, Silicon Valley Bank. They're going to get their money back. And the same thing with this other bank that just collapsed, Signature Bank. Same thing. So not only is the FDIC insurance going to cover it, but this, the Federal Reserve is going to step in and do even further to make everybody whole. But I would really urge people don't hope that the Federal Reserve is going to do this every time, because what if there's a number of collapses going on? There's only so much the Federal Reserve is going to be able to make everybody whole. Yeah. They're, they're banking on the fact that this is just going to be a one-off, isolated set of banks. But you know, we saw a lot of this, Tony, going back in the late 1970s, early 80s. We had a lot of banks that were rural-based, yeah. that were giving out a lot of loans into the farming sector. And then when in the early 80s, Paul Volcker gets in the Federal Reserve, determined to get rid of high inflation, which was really benefiting the farming community because they were able to charge a lot more on their food prices. Sure. But now all of a sudden, because a lot of banks were just giving out free money, easy money to the banking, uh, to the uh, agricultural sector, lots of debt that was mounting in the agricultural business. And then when interest rates started to rise, all of a sudden, access to new capital really shrunk in those rural areas. And all of a sudden, we started seeing inflation drop. And then unable to make these, these, these debt payments for these farmers. So then they went to the same bank where they got those loans and started taking a lot of deposit money out. And then a lot of these rural banks went under simply because of that same reason what we saw with Silicon Valley Bank. 
So banks that are highly tied to a certain industry, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. And then so also for banks that are more local based and they want to keep up a good local reputation, very hard for those banks to say no to a local business. They don't yeah. want to get a bad reputation, but it is a good bank's job to not make everybody happy. And I know for a lot of local businesses, they get so mad. They say, look, we're never going to do business with you. We're going to tell, you know, our friends and neighbors don't do business with you. So it puts those local banks in trouble potentially when they give out bad loans. And this too often happens over time. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, it's interesting. I read that the Silicon Valley Bank, the SVB, uh, was the second largest bank failure in U.S. history. Yes, it's by a single bank. I, and I, I think it's because of the level they worked on uh, loaning money to uh, Silicon Valley startups and uh, a lot more risk involved in that. Uh, yes. A lot of venture capital uh, moving through there in and out. And uh, some people panicked and pulled their money out for various reasons. So interesting. Uh, it, it's an interesting kind of uh, dominoes that had to fall over to make that happen. And hopefully, hopefully it will be an isolated event. But, yes. um, you know, you need to do certain things, like you say. It's a call to action to make sure your house is in order and you don't have uh, too much money in any one place, right? So banks that are easy lenders, they're the go-to place. They're the ones who say yes all the time, yep. especially if they're focused on a specific industry or sector. Um, that can be potentially problematic as we go through a high inflation, high interest rate environment, then a lot of these banks get exposed when that happens. You can, to give yourself as an, an investor peace of mind by going to your bank and asking for a report on how their money is invested. They will, they will show you in a report they're required to do so. We know how much of their assets are in Treasury bonds, how much are in corporate bonds, what types of corporate or treasury bonds are they invested in, uh, paper notes. There's a whole bunch of ways in which a bank does invest some of their excess capital. If they're very heavy in long-term bonds, that's going to be a problem. That gives them higher interest rates over time, typically speaking, not right now. But as you see rising interest rates, those investments start to lose money. So when these in, these uh, investors start withdrawing out a lot of money from that bank. They have to withdraw from those bond investments, which are losing value. So it's a lose-lose for the bank right at that moment in time. Then they're carrying on too much debt. So I won't, um, I won't stay too much on that topic. Just make sure you're informed. How diversified are the investments at that bank? Yeah. And now we're also going to talk about switching gears here. I wanted to ask you about inherited IRAs. Yes. What, what can you tell us about the inherited IRA? What is what do you mean inherited IRA? So the inherited IRA is for a non-spouse, typically. Let's say um, the second surviving parent passes away. That money typically will go down to this, the children. And then they could take that money instead of all at once taking a distribution. They could take it as an inherited IRA, which for years allowed a... Um, recipient of this to take out a minimal amount each year called a required minimum distribution each year for as long as they live. And then in the year 2020, the SECURE Act came out, which changed the rules that said for any recipient of a inherited IRA in the year 2020 and beyond, 
you have a 10-year clock now that begins, and you have to get that money out within 10 years. And for many of us, including myself, up through the beginning of 2022, we thought, well, you could defer taking a withdrawal for these years and wait all the way to the 10th year if you wanted to and pull all that money out. Or you could just take random withdrawals all the way up through year 10. In the beginning of 2022, the IRS updated their language to say that everybody who receives an inherited IRA with that 10-year rule must take out a required minimum amount each year for the first nine years. And then year 10, you have to take the remainder of that out, which was a surprise to a lot of people. And a lot of people thought, well, now we're going to have to pay penalties because we didn't take anything out in the year 2021. And many people didn't even take it out in 2022. Well, the IRS issued an update saying that they're not going to require those individuals to go back, make the required minimum distribution and pay a penalty. But going forward, they're going to be required to do so. But for those who were doing the required minimum distribution each year, uh, you can't pull that money back out. You just have to continue to go on with that required minimum distribution. So I think there's a lot of people out there that are unfamiliar with this update. And it's really, I think, important for their advisors, their financial institutions, is to make sure they understand that. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge. So obviously what you're talking about was referred to initially, there was the stretch IRA where you could keep passing it on uh, to your children and then <laughs> grandchildren, et cetera, and they wouldn't have to pay uh, those minimum distributions, right? That's right. So this has been known as a the or stretch tax. IRA. You're right. This has been known at times as the stretch IRA. It's also been known as a beneficiary IRA or an inherited IRA. Those are really pretty much the same thing when we're talking about this topic here. So now the rules are the IRS wants to get that money out of the IRA. They want taxes to be paid a little bit quicker. And so now they're tightening the rules up. You can't wait all the way to the 10th year to do this. Now, if you received that inherited IRA prior to the year 2020, uh, now you can you could continue to take that money out each year for the rest of your life. That doesn't change. However, if you're an individual who passes away, the beneficiary of that account, assuming there's still money left in that inherited IRA, uh, there is a 10-year clock now that begins for the new recipient. So that person now has to make sure that money's out within the next 10 years. So lots of differing uh, rules pertaining to this topic here, Tony. Wow, there are. And I mean, whenever you get into, I mean, an IRA is basically a tax designation. So the reason there are so many rules is because this is an IRS issue. The, the IRS has complicated this uh, to crazy levels. And that is why it's so important to work with somebody like yourself, a financial services professional, because you don't want to have to sort it all out all on your own. And you can make mistakes that can be very costly, especially when it comes to your taxes in retirement or the tax burden you leave on your loved ones after you pass then, right? Yeah, so that's right. So, you know, a failure to do a required minimum distribution means not only do you have to go back and take the withdrawal amount out, but there's a penalty onto it. Now, they've lowered that penalty, but it's still pretty significant. And to me, 
If I'm a recipient of an inherited IRA and I know I have to pull this money out within 10 years, I'm more times than not, unless circumstances differ, I'm going to be wanting to take more money out in the early days of that inherited IRA. Because Tony, I think we've talked about this at nauseum, but I think rising tax rates are coming to many people. Uh, people that are in a 12% tax bracket, where I'm expecting by the year 2026, that's going to change to a 15% or higher tax bracket, which is three percentage points for the federal tax code. But that's really not a 3% change. It's a 25% tax hike. Right. And if you're waiting and allowing that inherited IRA to keep getting bigger and bigger, not only are you going to have to pay this eventually anyways, but there's a lot of penalties at a higher tax rate, I would just really urge people, and I've done this with a lot of them, is consider the fact that right now we have really historically low tax rates. And unless I'm positive that you're going to be in a much lower tax rate in the next few years, you know, you just take out the required minimum. You have to do it anyways. And then uh, once you're in that lower tax bracket, assuming they haven't yet raised taxes, take out as much out of that as you can. Um, because th this is um, going to be very, very expensive. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so you have to have a plan in place to deal with it. And a lot of these IRAs are, you know, traditional IRAs. It's tax deferred. So you got to look out that tax is building up with compounding interest uh, as it, as your account grows. Right. So. Right. And then there's going to be more changes that they're going to be putting in place. Eventually, they're going to change the required minimum distribution date to age 75. And while that could be a, a nice thing for some people, it's just creating more confusion. People are going to be more and more uncertain. What should I do? What should I not do? Um, this is an important part of an investment advisor's job is to help yeah. educate their clients to know what they need to do. Many of these financial institutions are sitting back and they're waiting for their clients to ask for it. You know, they're not automatically doing it for them. Uh, so their advisor needs to be front and center with that. Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. And I think that's really important to, for people to understand. Now, um, inherited IRAs, you know, a lot of people think, well, I just put a beneficiary designation on the account and it's taken care of. Uh, it's not that simple, <laughs> apparently. No, no, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you? I know you're offering our listeners out there a complimentary, no charge, no obligation consultation if they pick up the phone, give you a call so they can get a plan in place. Uh, make sure they don't have all their eggs in one basket. Make sure that if they have IRAs, uh, they're properly structured and uh, they know what's going to be happening with those. Right. Exactly, Tony. So yeah, yeah people can get a hold of me. Uh, if you're in Wisconsin, you can call our Lake Geneva number, which is 262-729-4128. If you're in Illinois, you can call us. Our McHenry office number is 815-331-8096. We are here to help. All right. Well, Jim, great show today. I really enjoyed the topic. A couple of big ones, uh, the recent bank collapse and inherited IRAs and uh, understanding those a little bit better. Uh, listeners, again, give Jim a call if you need to. But that does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. 
For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at KramerFinancialTalk.com. Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Kramen Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.